when we were on the leaders' weekend, um, we had uh, a bit of a time where we were, uh, and that's a few weeks ago now. Ooh, uh, some of the leaders were away. Was it a month ago? Four weeks? Maybe a bit more? Centre's better. Five weeks. Thank you, Andrew. Five weeks. Excellent. So we, we had a time where we were just sort of sharing some of the things that had been uh, happening amongst us that people felt inspired to, to press on with and uh, just different things popping up. And it was a really encouraging time from changing parks to running alphas to goodness knows what. There were so many different things, I can't possibly name them all. But I felt God remind me of this parable. Now the thing is, I'll be absolutely honest, I know I knew, I know, no, sorry, just a minute. I know I knew, that's very strange, that this was a different parable. But this parable is the parable of the growing seed, which sounds very much like if you just said, oh, it's the parable of the growing seed, you think, oh, yeah, I know the one. It's the one about the sower that goes out and he puts seeds in the ground. And some of it falls on rocky ground, some of it falls on, on, uh, on, on uh, good soil, and some of it falls on the path, and some of it, da, 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 da. It's not. It's not the same one. That's the parable of the sower. Jesus told two parables. And this is uh, about sowing and seeds uh, that were recorded. And um, this is the second uh, from Mark. And um, this is the story of the seed. So the parable of the seed can be found in Mark chapter 4, verses 26 to 29. It's three verses, and that's the whole story. So that's all we're going to look at today. Uh, So Nathan, I hope you're prepared to start in about five minutes. Is that all right? Yeah? Excellent. Okay. Okay, good. Excellent. I'm pleased. This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters his seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces the grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. And as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts a sickle to it, because the harvest has come. Now, we've talked a lot about harvest, and, and I believe that this morning, what, what God's given me to do is partly a teaching, but partly a declaration about a season. I believe this is a season of growth. I believe that God has brought us to this point to be amazed at the things we see springing up. Because I think that for a time, we've seen a lot of things sown, and maybe we've not seen as much pop up as we'd like to have seen. And we're going to, many of us, have forgotten where we put seeds. But I think that what we're going to see in these coming days is, and in this season, is things popping up as they come to to, uh, ripeness. So, in the parable of the this uh, parable of the growing seed, there are these different things. There's a man, there's a seed, or several seeds, there's some soil, there's some grain. And those are the four things I'm going to talk about. So as I say, it won't take very long. There's a man, some seed, some soil, and some grain. And we need to understand what each of these 
things are if we're going to really get the most out of the story. So in the parable of the sower, the man who goes out and sows his seed is generally thought to be the father who's going out and sowing seed into people. And going out and if you're good soil, then what God puts into you, it multiplies and so much more comes out of you than what God put in. And if you're uh, if, if your heart is hard, then it's difficult for the seed that God sows into it to grow and to develop. But this man is unlikely to be God. What things suggest it isn't God in this story? He goes to sleep, doesn't he? Uh, he who watches over you does not slumber or sleep, the Bible says. This fellow has gone to sleep. There's another thing as well. Uh, he doesn't know how the seed grows. Now, I have a feeling that amongst the many things that God knows, he knows how seeds grow. So this is not about the father sowing seeds. This is about us. This is about people like you and me. And the subject of this parable is the seed that's on the ground. See, this man, in the parable of the, in the sower, um, the man goes out and sows his seed, okay? But in this parable, the man sows seed, but it doesn't belong to him. In this parable, uh, he doesn't know how the grain grows, and um, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 3, 6, this is an illustration of it, he says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. This is, our, this is a picture of something that God has been doing amongst us. And there's two aspects to this seed I want to look at. There's a seed that God has put in, puts into our hearts for salvation. There's a seed that is the very core of the gospel. It's that thing that enables us in the first place to hear that there is a God in heaven who loves us, who's made a way for us to come into relationship with him and that Jesus has paid the price for us to come into that place of relationship through his death on the cross that through that death on the cross he paid the price and he died but God raised him to life again and made him to be Lord of everything and everyone and we can just choose to we, can, we have that opportunity to choose to allow him to be Lord of our lives as we allow him to be Lord, so we don't stay the same. That seed that was sown has come to fruition in us. We know that in our own network of friends, some have heard that message before, and maybe in our own families, and it hasn't yet come to fruit. I believe that God is calling those seeds to grow at this time. But I think there's other ways we sow, and we're going to look into that a bit more. It's, it's an interesting thing. So in, the, in this story, he's not really a very good farmer. He kind of puts the seed in the ground, then he goes and has a nap. It doesn't really do anything else. I don't think the intention is to give the idea that that's all you do. Um, in 2 Timothy 6, um, Paul is writing to Timothy and talks about various things that Timothy should be like. In verse 3 he says, 
of 2 Timothy 2. He says, join me with, with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. And he says, no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather sir, tries to please his commanding officer. And in verse 5, he goes on to say, anyone who competes as an athlete, that's me, uh, does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. And then in verse 6, he says, the hard-working farmer should be the first to receive the share of the crops. The picture of us being farmers is, is really important. It involves preparing ground. It involves planting seed. It involves watching the crop. It involves chasing the pests away. It involves watering the seed. And that's the role that God has for us. But the other thing about being a farmer is that we have to be patient. Because it doesn't matter how quickly the farmer wants his crop to grow, it comes in season. It comes in season. And sometimes you're looking at the ground and there's nothing there. But that's about understanding the season that we're in. In James we read we need to be patient until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. I believe that many of us have been in situations where we've been so patient and waited for so long we've almost forgotten what it is that we're waiting for. The frustrating thing for the farmer is there's absolutely nothing he can do to make the seed grow. We can make the circumstances as great as possible for the seed to grow, but the power to germinate, to bait the ground, break the ground, and everything is in the seed itself. But that's also a good thing. Because like Paul says, I plant the seed, Apollos waters it, but God gives the increase. God has designated that bit of, of the walk, that bit of the journey, to be what he does. To cause the seed to multiply. So, what is this seed? Well, so I talked about the seed being like the gospel. Um, well, I haven't finished on this side. I didn't realise that. Uh, yeah, so we don't create the life, um, but we can uncover and develop what God has already started. Now, the word of God is what God gives us, and he gives us that ability to share it. Um, the promise is that as the rain and snow come down from heaven and don't return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so it will be, so, so it, sorry, so it, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So it is for my word that goes out from my mouth. It won't return empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. 
So there is the seed of the gospel, but I believe also God has planted words into your lives. I believe over the years you've heard many things. People have encouraged you by saying different things to you. And, and maybe you received that, maybe you heard it, but I believe that this is a season where we need to be standing on this promise. God doesn't deliver words to us just to, uh, just to let us down. God gives us words in order to, in order to, uh, to bring out something that wouldn't be there otherwise. When God's word speaks, he forms something that didn't exist before. When God spoke into darkness and said, let there be light, there hadn't been light before. But after he spoke his word, there was light there. When God speaks into your life, he establishes things that have never been there before. So, my encouragement to you is that you have that ability to sow into one another. We can sow... We, whenever we speak with the word into someone else's life, we're sowing into them. It's a rema word. By a rema word, what I mean is, it's a word for now. It's, one, it's a Greek word that's used for the, for the word, word in these scriptures. So, for example, in Jesus 6.63, he says, These are the words I've spoken to you. They are full of spirit and life. Do you know, it's really important that, that we recognise that ability we have to speak spirit and life to one another. Did you know that? That you speak spirit and life to one another. When you speak life into someone's life, it changes it. And, and I think that in this season, we should be expecting to see those things bubbling up. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Ephesians, uh, Ephesians 6.17 talks about us taking hold of the sword of the Spirit, which is, the, which is that thing, the, 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 the word of God. And that's the Rema word. So here's the thing. Scripture is really useful, and we need to know the Scriptures. Because it's the way we can pick up what God's saying and we, we need to measure what God's saying uh, against this written word. But at the same time, we need to know what God's saying now. And into one another's lives, I believe God's been sowing this Rima word. And, uh, and I, I just, I don't want to underestimate this. I believe that there are people here today that have had words spoken over them that have not seen those things come to pass yet. And I want you to understand that I believe that God's saying this is a time of growth. That we don't have to be limited to our current extent, our current experience, our current expectation. Um, Another example of where that that ability to, to break through, to bring a change through the Rima word was when uh, 
Jesus is talking to Peter and he's not caught anything in the boat. And Jesus says, put the, put the uh, nets out on the other side. And he says, well, look, it hasn't worked all night, but because you've said so, at your word, we'll do it. And suddenly he sees a completely different situation. So, here's a, here's a thing. What things can we do? I think we'll have a little bit of participation. What things that can we do to sow God's word into different people's lives? Okay? Have a think about it. What can we do that sows? If we're the, the man scattering seed on the ground, okay, and God wants us to be that, man scattering seed on the ground. What things do you do that scatter seed on the ground? Put seeds, put words, his word into one another. Okay, I'm going to give you a couple of minutes. What, what are sowing activities? Talk to someone near you. Okay. Now, obviously, anything you say is a correct answer, particularly if it's on my list. But I won't tell you my list until you've told me some things. So, any suggestions from this third of the room? Any ideas? What do you do that sow God's word into one another? Okay, so when you recognise a gift in someone... What does that mean? To, so you... So, for example, I could notice that someone's really good with children and so say, oh, actually, you're really good with that kid. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought of... Yeah. So, recognising a gifting in someone and sort of encouraging that gift. So you see someone who's good at working with children, you say, have you, you know, I've noticed you're really good with that child. Have you thought about developing that? Sharing stories about what God's done for, for you and for others, that's right. Yes. Any other ideas? Yes. You've got to have the seed in the first place. Right. That's by abiding in him and abiding in his word. So spending time with the Father is what gives us that seed. Yep. Um, spending time with people so there's actually an opportunity to 
There's got to be a, a strong enough relationship to take the seed, hasn't there? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's absolutely right. I mean, the seed, well, I was talking about the seed being the Rima word. That's, that's what I, I meant when it's, it's something which God reveals to us, okay? But I think also there's, there are other aspects. Yes? Sorry? To sow love, okay? Yes, simply to love someone can actually be something. Does that, does that put a word into them? Does that, is that really, is that seed? Because our actions speak louder than our words. I think, I think actually there's, there's a bit of a tension here. Definitely we need to love people. We can't give the seed to them and not love them. If you try to give God's word to someone and you don't love them, it's a bit of a mess, okay? You, you've, it's got to come with the love of God. Um, and and that, that's what allows us to, to share without, without going, looking for the return, okay? So what do I mean by that? So, so when we love the way God does, we, we're able to give to them without expecting return, now, that doesn't mean we don't want them to follow Christ. What it does mean is we don't saddle them with our disappointment if they don't. Because actually, they, <laughs> they need to hear the kingdom. They need to hear the kingdom of God. And if what I'm looking for is a, a kind of a mark on my sleeve or something that says, oh, yes, I shared the gospel here. This person's become a Christian. That's great. Uh, and it's like my mark. No, it's, it's Christ who develops the life in someone, isn't it? yes. Right. Sharing love what could be part of that. Yes. In in th- nutrition. Yes. So love fertilizes the ground and I think it waters it as well. So I think love is absolutely essential to this process. I'm just wondering whether it's I th- for me I think the word I think seeds are are things that can grow into something else and therefore they they must there must be some kind of genetic thing in there like the word of God that will allow uh, something to change. And it's that thing which God has said, I will send, and surely it will accomplish the purpose for which I've, I've sent it. Um, so, any other thoughts before I show you my list? Yes, Daniel. So... Okay, so, sorry, just repeat it, so I've got it on. So, countering what someone would be saying at a line and identifying it's what you're saying there isn't true. This is, this is the truth, the yeah. truth that you are valued because God loves you. Yeah, Excellent. That's, that's really good. We're doing very well on my list. Just reminding people what God's already said to them. Yes, okay, reminding people. Excellent. Well, look, this is what I had on my list, encouraging the good. Or maybe you could encourage the gift. I had strengthening what's there already. I had speaking the truth, confronting lies, declaring reality, uh, and using spiritual gifts. I was thinking about that this morning, uh, partly because with Dooley's yesterday, we were talking about the spiritual gifts. Now, spiritual gifts are not things we're supposed to talk about. They're things we're supposed to use. Okay? Um, And... uh, well, I mean, if you are allowed to talk about them, I don't, don't mean they're secret. But what I mean is, they're not just an interesting thing that you can read about in a book. 
God's, God's designed us to be spiritual human beings. And, uh, and I think that in these days, we can expect that God will cause those gifts to increase amongst us. Um, so, so be alert, be awake. Um, I believe this is, this is, this is a time uh, for, for, for this to increase. So these are all things that we're, we can do to sow, but we also know that it's harvest time. Okay, So I think many of us have been doing these things over the years, and maybe we've not seen the response and not seen the, the fruit that we would like to see. Um, however, I believe this is a season of increase. So, here's a key verse. This is the thing that really stood out to me. All by, the, by itself, the soil produces the grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. Now, what's the soil? What do we think the soil is in this story? It's where you put the seed. It's where you put the seed. It's the person. It's where you put the seed. What an amazing thing. When God created man and he got hold of a lump of earth and he breathed into him, he made him in his image. And that man wants to know that intimacy of the garden all over again. No matter who, what someone says to you with their mouth, whatever they communicate with their actions, there is a part of that person that wants to have communion with the Father. Because that's where they came from. And when you sow good seed into someone, the soil, that is their heart, is able to make the crop come, to bring it to fruition. And I think that one of the things I want, I believe this is a, this is a season of, is seeing hearts differently. Seeing the soil. Seeing the soil that God's put around us that is a lot more fertile than perhaps we have seen. Part of the reason why we don't see the growth is because of so much of the growth happens before we even get there, uh, before we see it. Let's show you what I mean. Can you put this on? You might flick the lights off. So this is wheat. Okay, it's in the soil. And it's time-lapsed. Now, at this point, someone in my house, I, I said I wouldn't say who it was. So I'm not going to say who it was. They said, nothing's happening. Because I said, look at this exciting video. And they said, nothing's happening. I think that's a bit of a prophetic picture for many of us. We're looking at something, we're saying nothing's happening. But actually, there is growth happening, but it's happening in the soil. Now, first it has to establish roots. So it can't break out of the top of the soil until it's got roots. Those roots are inside. We don't see them. Then the, the plant begins to grow.
From the moment the plant starts, the, the seed starts to germinate in the soil, the seed has changed completely. That the, there is some chemical changes that happen inside that seed that allow the roots to go down, that allow the, the stalks to go up, that bring it to that place of fertility, the place of maturity, the place of being able to reproduce. That, that process is, is there and happening even when we can't see it. And uh, to me, that's an absolutely key, key picture that I want us to, to, to think about, that there is this process that takes place. That all by itself, the soil produces the grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. Jesus is talking there about the, the, the way that when a word is sown into you, it doesn't just stay there and do nothing. There is, a, there is a process that goes on. When a divine word, when a God word, when God's word is sown into you, it doesn't stay the same. There is a multiplication. And, and our hearts... I believe in this time are going to start seeing those fruits coming out. Um, yep, so the soil is the, the heart of the one who's been sown into. God uses human hearts and his spirit working in them to produce the fruit. There's a cooperation between the soil and the seed. If you try to remove the seed out of the soil at that point, you would destroy the roots. Yeah? There's a... There's a it's intimately connected. What was God's has become part of you. And now you together are growing. And, and as sowers, we need to tend the ground, not just sow the seed and run away. Um, so it's about, you know, Paul actually knew that his gift for that particular situation was to plant a seed. Apollos then watered that seed and God gave the growth. I think sometimes... I think you'll have forgotten where you've sown some seed, but someone else in the kingdom has been watering it. And, uh, and I, I, I just believe that this is a season of real growth, a time of breaking out and bursting out, uh, that you're going to see breakout where you've sown and not seen results, seeing people set free, an expansion of vision, a renewing of heart, a restoring of the broken, increasing boldness, a coming to maturity and the ability to reproduce. Um, I think this has not been an easy time for some of us. Um, one of the things the seed does... Now I'm coming on to that slide in a minute, but I'll mention it anyway. Uh, when Jesus talks about uh, his death... He says, unless a seed does what? Falls to the ground and dies, it stays a single seed. But if it does that, then it will multiply. I think for some of us, the process that we've been going through has been a little bit like a kind of a death. But that's okay, because actually, when that happens, there is a newness of life that comes. I was reminded of the song... Um, I don't remember singing it here, and I actually cannot remember the tune. I just remember this phrase. Bring me back to the place I love the cross. 
can't remember the tune, I can't remember the words. I had a look for the lyrics, and I thought, I don't remember ever singing that. Anyway, the point I'm making is I believe that there is something for us about that place of death. I was thinking about the cross, and I was thinking, well, I, I know with my head it's the thing that set me free through Jesus. It's a wonderful thing. So I'd really have much rather the gospel didn't have the cross in it, you know? I'm an Easter Sunday person. Good Friday is not really my thing. Um, I remember when I was, when I was a student going, coming home um, and we used to do this thing in Barnet, this is where I was growing up, all the churches together did a witness march on Good Friday. I say all the churches together. It wasn't all the churches, but it was an awful lot of them. And it involved because it was partly a protest that the shops are all open on Good Friday now. We are talking about, you know, 1863. Um, Probably not, no, but uh, in the 1980s. Um, And uh, we were wandering, we were (laughs) going through the town, and I was there with, I think I was there with you, Christina, and Honour. I think I was there with Honour and you. And two girls at once, look at that. No shame. Um, And... uh, on a witness march, yeah. <laughs> I knew how to live. Um, and started singing Who's the King of the Jungle? <laughs> Fish, do you know that song? Who's the King of the Jungle? Ooh, ooh. Who's the King of the Sea? Bah, 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 bah. Who's the King of the Universe? And who made you envy? I tell you, J E S U S. Yes, he's the King of the Sea. He's the king of, the, or something, he's the king of me. He's the king of the universe, the jungle and the sea. Blah, 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 blah. Ooh, ooh, yeah? So, and, uh, yeah, great. I could leave worship next week, right. Um, I just remember singing this song, and we were getting quite excited, because we wanted to tell everyone about Jesus and how lovely and great and fantastic he was, and what a tremendous change he made in our lives, and we got hushed up, because it was supposed to be a witness march, so you're supposed to be walking along feeling very gloomy, and, but you know, bring me to the place where I love the cross is really, is really an interesting phrase, because it's made me stop and think. That cross is the thing that took all the punishment that was mine. It took every, every bit of the punishment that was mine. So that when Jesus looks at me, he smiles because he can see his own son. He can see his, right, his, his righteousness, not mine. It's that cross that enabled me to come into a relationship with him. As I was praying before the meeting, I was reminded of this song. I didn't get the words right at the time. Um, I'll translate it into slightly more modern English. Just as I am, without one plea, but that your blood was shed for me, and that thou called me to come, that you called me to come, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am, and waiting not, to rid my soul of one dark blot, to you whose blood who can cling each spot, O Lamb of God, I come. 
Just as I am, though, tossed about with many a conflict and many a doubt, fightings and fears within and without, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am, poor, wretched, blind, sight, riches, healing of the mind, yea, yes, everything I need in you to find, O Lamb of God, I come. Just as I am, you'll receive your welcome, pardon, cleanse, relieve, because your promise, I believe. O Lamb of God, I come. Just as I am, your love unknown has broken down every barrier. Now to be yours and yours alone, O Lamb of God, I come. We can come to that place. We can come to that place of connecting with the Father because of the power of the cross that made the way. And uh, I don't want to lose that. I don't want to miss that. I don't want to miss the fact that I am absolutely loved by my Father. And that he looks at me and there's not a flinch about him. There's not a, there's not a, oh, well, that last Friday, that was, you really messed up there. I can come just like I am. Because Jesus made it possible through the cross. And if we have that, if we can recapture for some of us and discover for others that place where we know that we're perfectly loved and absolutely accepted, I believe that's the place where we're going to be able to reap a harvest. Because the harvest is there. The harvest is ripe. The harvest is ready. Are there places that you've been sowing, that you've given up on, This is not news, this is just a reminder of something. In the story of, of Zechariah, uh, Zechariah, you can read it yourself in Luke 1, um, Zechariah is wanting a child. I'll read you the story. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right, right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. Now the thing that's, that's key about this, this is the birth of John the Baptist. But the key thing there is the tense is that when he says, Your prayer has been heard, it's a prayer that's, that's been prayed and is finished with. It's not a prayer that you're praying. He wasn't in the temple praying the prayer. It was a prayer which was complete and done. He'd stopped praying it. I believe that for some of us, there are things in our lives that we've wanted to see change. And we've, we've stopped praying about them. But I believe in this season of growth, this is a time when we are going to see change and breakthrough. 
God hears the prayers we stop praying. And uh, I've spoken about this already, but this thing of of death, uh, for some of us it feels like a kind of a a death. It It feels hard. But you know the promise is that it produces many seeds. I believe I've known times in my life when I've worked with godly people that have really wanted something to happen, but the thing that they've wanted to happen has become more important than the giver. Um, it's possible that this th- the project that you're engaged in or the thing that you're praying to him about becomes more important than the Father himself. And sometimes we need to let go of that thing in order to receive it the way that God intends. You understand what I'm saying? It's got to be. It's got to be. We're seeking the Lord. We're seeking Him. We're seeking His direction, and He will lead us. And uh, absolutely, we've got to love people. If we're praying for someone's salvation, it's it's really important that we we love them, and it's coming from our heart. But it, it can't be. It can't be, uh, it's got to be, it's God's got to be still God in it, yeah? You want some perspective? He's the one who gives. He's the one that changes. He's the one who melts hardened hearts. He's the one who gives the increase. He's the one who causes the seed to grow. So, Lord, we... We look to see how you're going to develop things for us. We, we believe that you are stirring us. Lord, I want this season of growth to be real in my life. And I pray for these guys listening to me today. Lord, where you're stirring things, where there are things that need to fall to the ground, Lord, let them fall to the ground that we can receive your harvest, receive your increase to receive the gift in the way that you always intended because your ways are perfect, your timing is perfect. All things are beautiful in your time. Father, we, we are yours. We come to you without one plea but that your blood was shed for us. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you. I, uh, sorry, I was talking a bit more. I just felt. <laughs> so, I think God's got for us a season of continuous growth, right? Um, and there are all these stages in this process. There's the sowing, there's the caring, there's the watching, there's the maturing, there's the harvesting. In the end of the story, the soil has done its business, the seed has grown, we've got the full kernel in the head, and at the end of the day, the man does what? He puts the sickle in. He harvests it. Um, God's equipping us at the moment through what we're doing in our groups in a way to put the sickle in, in a way to harvest. Different ones of us will experience that, perhaps for the first time. 
But I believe that God is causing us to be in that place of being able to bring in the harvest. And um, so that's on the one hand, I believe these are the different things that God's been talking about. You know, sharing, serving, um, uh, loving, are all in there. Expecting God to pour out his spirit to water. Um, And for others of us, we felt like there's been, oh, that's, that's weird. Okay. Next slide. The elephant. Yep. Okay. It's a pink elephant. Yes. Um, this is something I think uh, I've definitely heard Mark share. It's, it's, it's an urban story. Whether it's true or not, it doesn't matter. But what you do if you want to train your elephant is when it's young, you tether it to a rope uh, with a fairly thin rope but it's strong enough for a baby elephant through a stake in the ground and then when it gets older it continues to remain tied and doesn't try to break away from uh, the rope because it's got used to um, being limited, being restricted. In this time of growth I think that God's going to bring us to a place where those things are gone. Uh, and I think we're seeing it with different ones of us. Certainly on the Leaders Weekend, there were different stories that were bubbling up, different ones who are seeing breakthrough. Um, and I'm believing it for myself. I'm believing that God's bringing me to an end of restriction, that, that there is going to be a new season where I'm no longer le- walking with one leg, kind of dragging behind. Um, and... Uh, you know, there can be all sorts of things that can cause these restrictions, whether it's that you've lived with parental put-downs or whether you've lived with bullying at school or whether uh, you've got just a, a fear of failure. All of these things, standing out from the crowd, a fear of that, fear, is a massive thing that can hold us back. But I believe that this is a, a time where we should expect to see an end to those restrictions. So, finally then, what, what is it for me? Well, what does it mean? If, you're, if you were expecting an, unre- an unexpected season of growth, is there something you've grown used to putting up with in your life? God wants to change it. Is it time to look again where you haven't seen growth, even though you've been sowing? Does something need to die for the multiplication to come? Is there a rope to be broken? This morning we were singing a song which had got the line, Into the world that you so love, we will rise up. Into the world that you so love, we will rise up. Into the world that you so love, we will rise up. I believe that God's calling us to, to do just that, to rise up and to take a new position. And that's, that's really what I have for us today. It's just a really simple encouragement. Um, when, I, when we were worshipping earlier, I um, had a real sense about uh, God saying, anyone who wants to seek him for wisdom at the moment... Um, that there's a real opportunity to do so today. I just want to read from James um, 1, verse 5, as a reminder. It says, If you need wisdom, ask 
our generous God, and he will give it to you. He, know, he will not rebuke you for asking. And um, it was that line in one of the songs around, uh, we serve the great God. And um, we could be w- walking through lots of different situations at the moment. Um, and maybe it doesn't feel like a time of growth or, or harvest for you because there's a complex situation in front of you. And I just want to remind you that God says that you can ask him for wisdom and that he will provide that. Um, so during the response time, if um, any of you want to respond to that, particularly around asking for God's wisdom, I feel that he, he wants to be able to give that to you today as well in walking forward.